Hey, welcome to the Epic Leadership Podcast. My name is Chad Mitchell, and besides being a husband and a father to four wonderful children, I am also a small business owner. And I'm Bobby Hawk. I'm co-hosting with Chad. And not only am I a husband and father of two, but I am also a pastor. So we're going to talk about leadership and whether you are in the marketplace or the ministry, I think the Epic Leadership Podcast can encourage and enhance your leadership. Here we go. Thanks for joining us today on the Epic Leadership Podcast. This is our May episode, sitting here with Chad Mitchell. And um, I'm excited, Chad. Today, we're going to talk about don't just manage your time, but manage your energy. So this should be a good one. Yeah, this is going to be great. I've been waiting for this one, Bobby, just because this is something that uh, I personally struggle with sometimes. Um, I've been working on it a lot, and it is getting a little bit better. But uh, I think we can bring out a lot of different points here that is actually going to be very useful, not only for you and I, but also for those that may be listening. So uh, I'm excited. Yeah, that's what I found. All of these podcasts we do as we talk through them and plan them out, we're learning and growing as leaders as we're planning them. So we're really not speaking as experts. We're just trying to speak more as practitioners who are learning along the way. But yeah, this is a big one. We're going to try to bring the energy today since that's the the goal. But, um, uh, you know, the idea of time management, Chad, would you say that's more popular in books and, and seminars and, and the resources out there than energy management from what you've seen as a leader? You know, I think it's I think it's easy to find more things on time management for sure. I mean, there are so many different podcasts out there. There's books, there's articles. I mean, anything that you want to find out there, there's even YouTubes out there that you can go look at to figure out, OK, how do I manage my time better? And, you know, the biggest issue with that that I see is is everybody is going to do it differently. So the subject matter experts, yes, they can kind of give you some key points to help get you started. But everybody's actually going to look at that a little bit differently. So I think we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And, and I think we're actually going to challenge a little bit to say that maybe we're focusing on managing the wrong thing. Yeah, I think I think that's spot on. I mean, time management, it, it has its place, certainly has its place, but we all have the same 168 hours a week, right? Um, and so, you know, you manage that well. And, and we've talked before about, uh, when I say we, you and I have talked about time robbers versus time rewards. Maybe that's a future podcast, but there's certainly things that can rob our time. And then there are those things that really reward our time. And that comes down to, to priorities. So maybe let's just kind of hit on it a little bit as we shift into more of the focus of energy. Because I agree, time management's more popular, but I'm going to argue that energy management is more productive. Absolutely. And I, and I think we'll get there. But, you know, on the time robbers and time rewards, I, I learned this early, early on, and I've relearned it over and over. Uh, life is not about balance. Um, it's about priorities. I know we talk about balance, and I think I understand what people mean by balance, but if you think about a pie and you say, I'm going to cut the pie in equal parts, um, so my job gets a part, and my family gets a part, and you know, I don't sleep gets a part, and whatever, we all know that, that is, uh, that's not realistic. I don't even think it's healthy. You know, I, I mean, you can't cut life into equal parts. 
So what you can do then is you prioritize the time you have with each part. And I think what ends up happening, if we're not careful, we can focus so much on time management that we miss out on the energy management and the most important parts of our lives might be more at the end of each day. Well, how do we make sure we have energy left for what's most important, even though those may not get the most significant piece of the pie when it comes to time? So that's definitely where that uh, energy comes in. So uh, so talk to me. You know, you've been in the corporate world a long time. Uh, the large environment, as we've talked before, the small business environment that you're in now. I mean, talk to me about burnout because I'm sure you've seen it, experienced it, maybe on a personal level, certainly working with people. Is burnout more a lack of time management or is it a lack of energy management? What are your thoughts? You know, I think initially what you can, what people probably perceive is burnout can be a lot, a lack of time. Um, for me, burnout is a, is a lack of energy. Um, that's basically what it comes back to for me. And, and I want to go back to your example about, about the pie of trying to, you know, spread yourself so thin. Well, what ends up happening is if you're trying to focus and balance so many things, what ends up happening is you end up becoming mediocre at everything. You know, you're, you're not, you're not really strong at one of those things. You're just, you're spreading yourself way too thin. And what ends up happening is, is the things that you want to be the best at, you're actually mediocre at because you are doing so many other things at once. So, um, for me, it's always been about the energy burnout rather than the time burnout. Um, so I, this is going to be great for me just because I think I've, I think you and I both have found some things here that as we were talking about this prior to the podcast going live, we found some things that is actually pretty practical for us that we could actually utilize in our own lives. So I think that's going to be great. Yeah. And going back to the pie, that's a great analogy of focusing on all of the the pieces and being mediocre. It's almost like, think about a real pie. If, if you're focused on so much on cutting every piece equally, Hey, at some point cut the piece and eat it. You're meant to enjoy the pie. And I'd rather enjoy one piece than be focused on every piece. I think that's the key with this whole energy management is we all have the same amount of time. Sure, we have to manage it well. But what do we do with the time we're managing? Because that's where burnout comes in is when you're not managing your energy in the time allotted, you burn out on work. Um, Let's be honest, you can burn out on family. I mean, that's probably not a popular subject, but as a pastor, I've dealt with that a lot. I've dealt with conversations with people about marriage burnout and, and family burnout. But a lot of times it's simply because people are not focused on the priorities that can really benefit both on the professional level and the personal level. And, and we'll get to some takeaways, but let's start with the cell phone analogy. I think everyone can understand that. Uh, walk us through how does a cell phone relate to this idea of energy management? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, cell phones, this is a, this is a great analogy that everybody's going to be able to get because, you know, these are important aspects to our life. They're, de- they're devices for communication and everybody's going to understand this. But when you think about your cell phone, you know, the thing that you're always doing is you're always charging that up. And the reason why is you want to make sure that you've got a full battery you know, for me, I want to make sure that my battery is full in the morning. And for you and I both, I think both of us have these extended batteries. See these bigger batteries on these phones because we're on them so much throughout the day. But the big thing is we want to make sure that number one, it's charged up hundred percent so that we can be ready for the day. 
But the problem is, is, is as we go on throughout the day, that cell phone starts to function, maybe is not at 100% as it once was early in the morning. And there's a couple of different reasons why. Number one, our battery starting to drain more. Okay, we may have to get a recharge. We may have to plug it in, just get a few minutes of charge. But the other thing is throughout the day, I don't know if this happens to you or not, but for me, you look down and there's like six, seven different things open. Well, if we've got six or seven different apps open, that phone is not going to function at 100%. Yeah, no, that's a great analogy. And I think it's something that certainly everyone can understand because what my one of my biggest fears, Chad, and it sounds probably a little bit... Um, uh, funny to some or, or strange, but one of my biggest fears is running out of battery on my phone. And and the reason is not because it's an appendage and I need to check Facebook at eight o'clock at night and I want to have a battery. It's if I'm out and someone needs to get a hold of me, whether it's my family um, or something with my job, but it's a really important that someone needs to get a hold of me, or maybe I'm out and I need to get a hold of somebody. You know, my fear is that the battery is going to be gone. So there are those days that you mentioned that the phone gets used a lot throughout the day that in that afternoon time, I do have to recharge for a little bit to make sure I've got enough to bring me through. There's those times that I've, I've, charged my phone, but I didn't get it on the charger, right. Or whatever. And you know, in the morning, my phone isn't fully charged. I'm starting the day at 20% or something. And that throws me, you know, sure. that throws me off. Or there's that time where it goes into that mode, or at least gives you the option, the low energy mode, you know, it's meant to conserve your battery, but it limits your, your capabilities. Man, I think all of that is such a great analogy for life, or even the more apps open that you're talking about, you know, a lot of apps at once, you know, how many things can we manage? And, and and be honest with you that this whole multitasking thing, you know, yes, I consider myself a multitasker, but the reality is studies will show that true multitasking um, lacks in productivity. You, you can't, our brains aren't even wired to manage multiple things at multiple times and be productive. So I think it's a great analogy. What do we do with that analogy though? We, our energy drains throughout the day, like a phone. We probably need to start full we may need to recharge to make sure we have energy left at the day for what's most important, which we'll get to. Uh, we got to make sure we don't have too many apps open, so to speak, in our minds. Uh, so what what can we do? I mean, how can we translate this into some practical steps or takeaways that, that you and I and our listeners could actually say, okay, maybe this will help with my energy management? Yeah, for sure. And, and I think the practical takeaways that that we want to be able to give is is not only from a professional side, which is what we're talking about, you know, a lot of times, but also from a personal standpoint. So let's kind of break them down and, and kind of break down the professional side of things first. And again, Bobby, as you and I like to do, because it's easier for us to remember, we've got another acronym here. Okay. So uh, if we start out and we look at the E, that would be evaluate. So when I th when you think about evaluate on the professional side for managing your energy and your time, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think evaluate is it's a great place to start because what you have to do if you really want to to master this, so to speak, if you want to get your energy um, at the right place at the right time, right? The, the one thing you have to do is you have to look at your schedule, and we all have different schedules. But you look at your schedule and you have to say, okay, what am I currently doing? This is really the time and the task, right? 
Um, what am I doing? And not everyone can control their schedule. So maybe we need to speak to that. Not everybody um, has the same flexibility in their job. But from a professional level, if you say, what, what am I best at? And when am I at my best? I mean, right, those are two questions. You got morning people. I mean, some people, they're at their best at 6 a.m. They're cranking it out. There's other people that are not even remotely awake by 6 a.m. But when am I at my best and what am I best at? And you got to pair those up. So here's the thing for me. For me, I am at my best in, in the morning. Um, on, on a routine day for me, alarm clock goes off at 4.30. Um, that's not said to impress anybody. That just I just feel like the later I go without waking up, the more of the day that I lose. And so the alarm clock goes off. I hit the gym by 5. I'm back home by 6. And I'm in the office on a normal day without, you know, something thrown off the routine between 6.30 and 6.45. Chat, I'm at my best before lunch. Sure. That's just, I am most productive before lunch. So for me, if I'm going to evaluate, then that's when I'm at my best. Um, the question becomes, then what am I best at? And and for me, when I can focus on uh, big picture tasks and creative tasks, strategic planning, those are the things that I enjoy. Those are the things that I feel best at. Uh, not a huge fan of replying to emails and, you know, focusing on spreadsheets and things that maybe I have to do sometimes mm -hmm. in my, in my role, but that's just a little more draining to me. Uh, if I'll move those tasks that are draining to the afternoon when I'm not at my best, I'll still get them done. Uh, but I think it starts with, I mean, like you said, evaluate, you got to sit down with the time and the task and you got to say, well, when I'm at my best and, and what am I best at? And, and that's where it starts. Yeah. And, and, and I think also with that, we, ha we have to realize, Bobby, that, you know, you and I, as Enneagram threes, we're wired very similar. And our days, for the most part, Monday through Sunday, look pretty much the same. I mean, we're very scheduled. We're very routine. Um, so it's easier for us, I think, to manage this energy and time because every day looks pretty similar, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. For those that it doesn't look similar, this is going to be a little bit more difficult um, because if, number one, you don't have control of your schedule, you know, so if you don't have control of your schedule, you're going to have to figure out, okay, well, how can I manage that energy and manage that time a little bit differently than than what you and I are talking about? You know, how can I maybe utilize that time that, I've, that I'm not working to be the most productive? Um, so I, I think that has to come into play as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great point on a professional level. If if you don't have control of your schedule, you know, you you work in an environment or work for someone, you know, what I would encourage is still do the evaluation because that can lead to a conversation. And maybe, you know, with uh, the person that you work with, work for, you can even say, hey, I want to do what I'm best at when I'm at my best. And here's what I feel like I'm best at for the organization. Here's when I feel like I'm at my best can we tweak a few things so I can do that? Now, again, there's some organizations where it's probably not possible. Uh, for, for us, my staff meeting, my weekly staff meeting, it takes place on a uh, Tuesday morning at 10. And uh, there's several reasons for that. But one of the reasons is that's when I'm at my best. Um, and so I want to do the the most important things. And, and we do leadership development and, and strategic planning in those. So so that works for me. It could be somebody in my organization says, well, Bobby, I'm really at my best in the afternoon. 
Uh, I'm not the best in the morning. Well, unfortunately, we can't accommodate everything. So there may be things that can't be accommodated, but I would say if somebody were to approach me and my organization, Chad, maybe you, and it doesn't negatively impact the team or the organization, I would love to know when they're at their best and what they're at their best at and try to make that work for them because they're going to be more productive for the organization. And when you're more productive, that's that energy management piece. That's what we're talking about. You're not draining yourself by doing the things that are, well, let's say draining at the times when you really could be utilized in a much better way. So I would at least say evaluate and have the conversation, even if you don't have the the control. Now, evaluate leads to prioritize. Yeah. So talk to us what you've evaluated it. How do you prioritize it? You know, I, I think the best way to do the priority prioritization of those things is number one, you have to, you have to know what you're prioritizing. So make a list of the things that are most important for that day. And then I think you have to rate the list. Okay. What am I going to be the best at? And what am I going to be the worst at? And you want to make sure that you're utilizing your energy at those things that you are going to be the best at, or to be honest with you, if you, if you are, if this is, if there's an income piece to this, and if you have more energy for certain things, you want to do the things that are going to pay the best for you with the most energy. You know what I mean? So writing it that way is another way to look at that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. And I don't, I don't think necessarily once you get in the habit of doing this, you don't necessarily have to make a list every day. You're going to find those pockets of things that you do daily or weekly that just fit that time period better. And, you know, I would say there's probably about two to four hours in a, in a normal workday that most of us are at our best. I, I, somebody says, man, I'm at my best all eight. Chad, I'm not buying it. Sure. Um, now, they may be better than others, but that's not their best. We all have a best. And so, yeah, I'd say when you get in that groove, you're going to know, you're going to figure out what really, really works for you. But the priority piece is, that's a great idea. Make a list. And then what are you saying? Like rank one lowest, 10 highest, everything in between? Absolutely. I, I think that as long as you understand where you're going to be the best at and that you're focusing on the things that's going to bring the most value to yourself, not only you, but also to your organization, to all the people that's surrounding you, the things that are most important to you, do those things first. And the other thing that I that I would say with this, Bobby, is is as you're focusing on that top priority, make sure that you're 100% involved in that top priority, that you're using the best amounts of your energy. You know, um, a lot of these phones now, they have this they have this feature on them, this do not disturb. And, and I think that it's probably one of the most underutilized features out there. But, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, put your phone on do not disturb. If you're going to be at your best, then you have to be at your best. And part of that is eliminating other distractions so that if you just give yourself the next hour, the next two hours, whatever that looks like to be at 100% full energy, I'm going to be at my best. And I think the impacts that that has for you and for your organizations, I think that's huge. Yeah. Well, and you're right. I mean, even a two hour block of time where you're laser focused and doing what you're best at when you're at your best is going to be so much more productive. I mean, I think we could probably argue you will accomplish more in that two hours 
than you will probably accomplish in the remaining six hours of the day or, or whatever that looks like. Guaranteed, yeah, for sure. So yeah, definitely the prioritize. And, and I like that. Make a list, rate the list, and then pick a time that you can, as best you can, do the do not disturb you know, uh, thing, whether it's with a phone or not. Because it goes back to that app thing. The more apps that are open, the more the energy is being drained. And, and here's what is interesting about the phone analogy. If we want to come back, the phone analogy, you don't realize that you're losing the energy or the battery until it's gone. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that's that thing with all these apps being open and trying to do all these things at one time and multitasking. You don't really realize how much that's draining you until you, you kind of hit that wall. And, and because when you hit the wall, all of a sudden, now the most important task, if you've pushed them off, you just don't have the bandwidth, you know, the energy, the motivation even to do your best at those tasks. So definitely agree. Evaluate, prioritize, and then maybe the I is just simply implement. Absolutely. And, and I think with the implementation, you have to be intentional about what you're doing here. And, you know, as far as the implementation of this, I think that it's not going to be easy starting out, but I think that if you focus on trying to be consistent with this, doing it, doing it the same way every day, it's going to be hard in the beginning, but with that, with anything that we do, Bobby, everything's a little bit hard in the beginning as far as change. But as we continue to do that, man, it's going to get a little easier. Yeah. And I think that's the difference, Chad, in trying and training. You know, there's certain things in our life that we say, yeah, I'll try that. You know, uh, I, I mean, you go to a restaurant and yeah, it's new on the menu. I'll try that. Okay. That's one thing to try something. I think what we're talking about is if you really want to get the energy back, if you want energy left at the end of the day, if you want to be most productive to do what you're best at when you're at your best, you're going to have to implement the plan. Absolutely. I, it, like you said, intentionality, which means you're going to have to go from a mindset of says, I'll try it. I'm going to try to I'm going to train because when I think about train, I, I think more of a gym. You know, I, I, I don't think uh, I'm just going to go and I'm going to try to lift some weights. I think it's more of, no, I'm going to go train. I'm going to lift weights so I can lift even heavier weights. And this to me is one of those commitments that if you try it for a day or two or even a week, uh, you're, you're probably not going to necessarily develop the habit. Uh, what do they say? You know, 21 times in a row, whether that's 21 days in a row or 21 yeah. weeks in a row, I don't know, but I do know it. it's almost a commitment to training. You're retraining yourself. And, and so let's talk about real quick in this whole intentional thing. What are a couple practical takeaways? I'll throw out one. Maybe you could throw out one. Uh, for me, I know my day gets filled, uh, or my week, I should say, with with random meetings, and and some of those are kind of outside of my control. Organizations that I'm a part of that, you know, will call those meetings, but 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 a lot of them are within my control, especially a lot of the one on ones. And I think what I've learned is some of those meetings um, are very intentional. They're very strategic. They're very forward focused. Those are meetings for me I need to try to do before noon sure. because that's when I'm at my best. Then there are some of those meetings that, you know, you just have to attend or they don't necessarily require a lot of 
engagement, uh, but but you need to physically be there. Um, and again, those are things that for me, then maybe that's the afternoon, you right. know. But even in scheduling meetings, what's the intentionality of the meeting? Is it something that I do need to be at my best, or is it something I just need to attend? And and I think even that plays an intentional role in how you can schedule your time or your day. I mean, if you're in sales and you're meeting with somebody and, and it's pretty important that that you lock in a client and you're at your best in the morning, man, if, if it's me, Chad, I'm going to try to do that meeting in the morning when I'm at my best because that is going to uh, make a difference in the income or the organization or all those things. Um, where if it's just a touch base meeting to get on the same page with a couple coworkers, maybe it doesn't take a lot of mental bandwidth. Well, maybe that's an afternoon meeting. Uh, that's my practical thoughts on the takeaway sure. of that. But what what's something with you when it comes to actually being intentional with the implementation? You know, I think for me, it's understanding and realizing that there are only so many things that I can do and do them at my best. And understanding and realizing that there are things that, yes, I would love to get a lot of different things done throughout the day. But the fact of the matter is, is if I'm looking at this prioritized list, and I look and I get to the end and I'm like, man, I just don't know if I'm going to have time. That's an easy list for me to look at and say, OK, well, can that one wait? Can that one wait until tomorrow so that I can be at my best for these others? So I think for me, the practical takeaway is understanding, number one, that I'm not going to fit everything that I want to get done into one day, more than likely. And number two, understanding that these are the most important things that I need to get done. These are the most important things that are going to generate for me in a, in a business side of things, they're going to generate the most revenue for me. So these are the things that I really need to focus on. And the, the one thing that, that I've really changed up here over the last few years is, is anytime that I'm meeting with the team that works for me, anytime that I'm meeting with them, anytime that we're discussing, anytime we're doing any training, probably all that stuff's in the morning. Because if you try to get me to do that stuff in the afternoon and I am drained, I can get it done but I guarantee you one thing, I'm not going to be at my best in the afternoon. And then back to the cell phone analogy, you know, if if the Apple folks are listening, I'd really like to talk to them because 10% doesn't really seem like 10%. It seems more like when, you, when your battery is at 10%, it seems more like it's only at 2% and it just dies. Yeah. Yeah, it goes it goes down really quick. And, and, and I think there's also, you know, you talk about the, the battery, you know, over the life of your phone, right, that battery seems to to die a little bit quicker. I Absolutely. mean, I, yeah. you know, and, and I think if you're not taking care of yourself, that's where that burnout piece comes in. If you're not being intentional with managing your energy, then, yeah, you're going to burn out. You're going to start the day and the energy is going to zap quicker because you're not being intentional. I think if people will implement this, I think they'll find that even in a job that you don't necessarily enjoy, not everybody's working their dream job, but even in a job that you don't necessarily enjoy, if you can focus your priorities and do what you're best at when you're at your best, um, it the job will become less. Now, it may still be a little bit stressful or exhausting, but it will become less exhausting because you're simply managing your energy and you'll be less burned out at the end of the day. I can almost guarantee it. There's not a lot of things in life that I say I can almost guarantee it, but I think this is one of them that it just, it's so, so logical and so practical. We just oftentimes don't do it. And you mentioned the to-do list. I think intentionality is having the to-don't list. 
Sure. You, you know, when you look at the list, like you said, this has to get done today. This is a priority. Um, but then there's those things that don't have to get done today. And then there's those things that don't really need to be done at all. Um, that's where the intentionality I think comes in is, is what are the things that really may not need to be done? Um, could be done by others, but, but again, I think sometimes things just get on our list because that's what we've always done. I have apps on my phone, Chad, that I never use. I don't really need them on my phone. Right. I just haven't taken the time to, to take them off. Now, if they're open in the background, they're, they're taking some of the energy. Um, if they're not, they still could be a distraction when I'm trying to get to the app that I want to go to. And I think that's the, the case. If, if all of us are honest, we probably have a few things on our list that probably shouldn't even be on the to-do list, might need to be on the to-don't list. And maybe that's where some intentionality comes in. All right. Last but not least, uh, hit us with communicate. So we've evaluated, prioritized, implemented. Uh, what does it mean to communicate or what are we communicating? You know, I think, I think that we basically need to communicate these plans to other people. Um, we need to be able to, you know, you, you, your spouse or your significant other or your family, your kids, um, the people that you work with, they need to understand that this is kind of how you're wired. And the reason for that is, is my office manager. She knows that I'm, I'm morning. I'm focused in the morning and till noon, I'm typically going to be doing what I would, what I would call high leveraged activities because of the fact that that's when I have the most energy. So she's very intentional about not scheduling things that she understands won't be the best for us at that time. She schedules those at the end um, so that I can really focus most of what I need to focus my energy on in that stuff right before noon. And the other thing that I would say with the communication piece of this is, you know, Bobby, the, if anything over the last two years that that we have learned is that change is inevitable, you know, that's part of what we're dealing with right now. And there are companies racing to figure out how to get the most energy out of their employees. Do they get the most energy out of them while they're working from home? Do they get the most energy while they're sitting in the office? Is it a hybrid model? There, there are companies that are waiting for you to walk in the door and tell them, here's when I'm most productive, because I'm telling you right now, they will figure it out how to make that spot available for you. Well, and I know you're right. It, anybody who follows, uh, you know, some of that culture in uh, the for-profit organizations and really nonprofit as well is seeing things like the four-day work week or the hybrid model or the work from home. And and I think at the end of the day, companies want to be productive, which means they need you to be productive. And and I think you're right. If you communicate, kind of going back to what we said earlier, not everybody controls their schedule, but if you communicate, um, there's a chance that you know your employer is going to work with you because of the benefits that it creates for you and the benefits that it creates for them. And, and so I like that communication piece. I also like when you said communicate your priorities, what you're really saying is help me be more productive, but you're, you're, you're saying help us be more productive because yeah. if you're doing what you're best at, um, when you're at your best, it benefits the organization. So anybody who pulls you away from that, even if it's unintentional because they don't know, um, is, is actually kind of holding back the organization. So you're helping the organization by communicating to others, hey, let's not hit this stuff during this time because this is really not the high leverage time. I think that's the term that you use. I like that term, high leverage. Um, I think it's also good for accountability. Yeah, for you sure. Know, right? If I tell my team, hey, you know, in the mornings, 
Um, this is the time I'm at my best. Uh, this is what I want to work on. Then by communicating to them about my priorities, in a way, I'm saying, help me stay prioritized. If you mm-hmm. see me drifting from from this, hey, feel free to challenge me on that because it, unless I tell you that I figured out that my uh, uh, energy flow has changed and all of a sudden I'm much better in the afternoon, um, then feel free to challenge me when I'm drifting away from that because it's not good for me, which means it's not good for the organization. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I would also say, you know, on the communication side as a leader, maybe you take the step forward to communicate with those that you lead and ask them, when are you the most productive? You know, maybe you feel like you know the answer to that. I mean, I, I feel like that I understand that, that for the most part, the people that work for me are most productive in the morning, I, I would say. But I also would think that, okay, as I'm thinking about it now, I've got a couple that probably aren't most productive in the morning. They're most productive in the afternoon. So would it really hurt me at all to say, hey, instead of coming in at nine, why don't you come in at 10 and stay till six as opposed to five? It wouldn't hurt at all. We could still cover everything. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to have that conversation today. Well, and, and and I think that's what's good is you're you're just saying you're able to lead others through this, not just lead yourself. And if you can have an open mind to creativity, um, and if it works for others better, um, make it happen. And even if the hours can't adjust, the task possibly can. And you may be able to help them understand. Hey, why don't why don't you hit this first thing in the morning? Because yeah, to be honest, it doesn't take a whole lot of mental energy to focus on this and and save that for the afternoon when you're an all-star. So yeah, absolutely. And I think all of this, while we said this is the professional takeaway, we want to give practical takeaways. While it's professional, I mean, it still mirrors personal. Sure. But I think what it really does is it leads to personal because mm-hmm. I know you and I, at the end of the day, we want to make sure we still have some cell phone battery left for the people in our lives that matter most to us. So if we shift to the personal takeaway, in my opinion, nothing changes. It's still evaluate, prioritize, implement, communicate. Um, I think it obviously leaves battery, if you will, left for the end of the day. But what can we focus on when it comes to a very, very personal takeaway that benefits us and our families? And so let me ask you this question. Um, who's most important to you in your life? Why do you need to manage your energy uh, so that you have energy at the end of the day? I would think the question would be, who's most important? How would you answer that? You know, it's, it's interesting because I think that my answer for this is, is, for the most part, the same as most people's answers. So when you ask most people, hey, who's most important to you? They're going to come back with, uh, my kids, uh, my spouse, um, you know, different things like that. Okay. But the one thing that you and I have talked about that I think is just an important part of this, this is one of the times to when the most important person to you should be you. And the biggest reason for that is, is if you're not the most important person when it comes to managing energy and managing time, it's going to be really hard for you to make those other people the most important people. Absolutely. I think you're spot on. I think the simple answer to that is the who is you, you know, and that sounds selfish at first when you say it. For some people, it would be selfish. But what we're trying to communicate is, 
yeah, the people that are most important to you in your life, I think most of us are going to say family. You know, so at the end of the day, I want to have energy, not just time. I want to have energy for my family. That's that whole idea of turning whatever quantity time I have into quality time. I want to have energy for them. Well, if I handle my day the best that I can, I will have energy. But the reason I'll have energy is because the most important person to me should be me. Because as I take care of me, I can help take care of others. I don't take care of me. I I don't have anything left. I'm giving them the 10% that you mentioned that seems to go from 10% to dead pretty quick. So absolutely, the the who is you so that you can be that who for, for those that you love and care about most. Uh, so outside of the kind of professional side we talked about, what are some things very practically, let's talk about what you can do maybe daily, what you can do weekly, and what you can do yearly to help you take care of you so you can be who the people that matter most to you need you to be? What's something you, how can we frame that in a daily context? You know, I think that the first thing that we can do in a daily is realize that we need to divert daily. We need to divert, we need to divert our attention sometimes away from the things that we're working on so we can recharge. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I feel like it's it's that cell phone battery analogy coming back up again with sometimes you, you throw it on the charger for a little bit to make sure you have enough. And I think we all we all do that in different ways. I heard uh, uh, Rick Warren, I believe it was, uh, author of Purpose Driven Life, uh, talk about this divert daily. And he mentioned uh, people that work with their minds all day. And and so I think that would be you and I, that doesn't mean we're smarter than other people. It just means most of the activity we do is not physical labor. Um, so it's a lot of mental labor, people that work with your minds all day, diverting for you daily might be doing something with your hands, you know, finding something physical to do exercise, gardening. I don't know, whatever that, that is where people that work with their hands all day that do more physical labor, uh, it may not be going to the gym um, or doing something, again, that's physical. Maybe for them, it's something that stimulates their mind. So maybe right. it's reading a book or something like that. And and I know everyone has to figure that out, but I think it's diverting from what you normally do to do something that can give you that recharge. Sure. And uh, whether, so whether that is a 20-minute power nap, uh, whether that's going to the gym, what we didn't address in this whole thing, and I would say it goes without saying, but let's say it anyway, when it comes to the daily thing, you know, you won't have energy. You, you can't have a hundred percent cell phone battery if you don't charge your phone at night. There's things that you have to do. You got to take care of yourself physically. Absolutely. You got to get sleep. It, it's certainly a myth. I know everybody says they can live on different amounts of sleep, and I don't probably get as much as I should, but You've, you've got to take care of yourself physically from your diet to your exercise to your sleep activities, or you won't even start out with the energy. So this whole conversation is kind of a moot point if you're not doing that. But the recharge daily, or I like that term, divert daily, do one thing different that can help you to recharge so that you do have that. And maybe that's on the way home from work. Maybe it's listening to a podcast, or maybe it's playing some music for those that you know, would have a faith part of their life. Um, it's certainly, 
maybe meditation or prayer or, you know, something that just helps them refocus and, and re-energize. So divert daily. What do we do weekly? You know, I think on the weekly side of things, um, we have to realize that there becomes a point in time when, when, we, when we have to withdraw. We have to withdraw and we have to to rest. And, and you know, an example of this, okay, um, you and I are both fans of Chick-fil-A. All right. We're both fans of that. You go by these restaurants, these lines are backed up every single day, but Sunday. So here's an organization that has basically revolutionized the fast food industry. And they're doing as much business on six days of the week as most people are doing on seven. And I think they have learned the concept of withdrawing weekly, give your staff time to rest, give yourself time to rest, come back Monday things are going to be great. Yeah. And, and I think it, it is a great practice. Uh, it's a great principle. It's only frustrating when you're having a craving for Chick-fil-A uh, on a Sunday after for church sure. and you realize you can't go there, but actually it's great. I wish more businesses would, uh, would do that, but I think it'd be good if more people do that. As you mentioned earlier, you and I were very routine people. It can be hard to break out of that routine, um, but we're not wired to do the same thing every day, seven days a week, and hit repeat. Um, as, a, as a person of faith myself, um, I certainly believe there's a reason that God created the heavens and the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. Absolutely. And that wasn't because God was tired, because, I mean, he's God, right? Um, I think it was meant to be a model for us to say, yeah, there's a time to work and be productive, and there's a time you need to withdraw weekly and rest and recharge and re-energize and really as best you can, you know, try to turn, turn things off, you know, so that when you do hit play again, uh, you're, you're, you're ready to go. And I think that's a challenge for me. I don't do that one well, but I, I'm trying to get better at withdrawal weekly uh, to recharge and, and what that looks like. So maybe there's some people listening that maybe that's the takeaway is, um, God rested on the seventh day, figure out a way to do a, a Sabbath rest, um, incorporate something in your journey, whether it's spiritual or uh, mental, physical, emotional, even withdraw weekly. Let's just, let's identify another practical takeaway. If you're married, do a date night. Yeah. Yeah. We've, mean, and, and those are great. And, and I think, and here's the key piece that I think that I want people to take away on the withdraw weekly that doesn't mean you have to do nothing. It means you do something that you want to do. Yeah. You do it for you. So if you enjoy going out and trail riding, you know, on a, on a mountain bike, yes, that's going to be rigorous activity. But if that's something you enjoy, go do it. That's yeah. your withdrawal. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that because I don't, I don't do well with just sitting around. That's not restful for me. If some people it is, they, can sit and relax and rest. For me, that actually creates more uh, anxiousness yeah. <laughs> and and my mind actually starts to roll. I can't shut it off. But if I find a physical activity I enjoy, maybe it's disc golf where I can go and I can, you know, do something I enjoy doing, spot on. That is withdrawing because it's withdrawing from the normal routine and productivity, which leads to the last part. And there's certainly other things you can do, but daily, weekly, but what about, what about yearly or annually? What do you suggest on that? You know, I, I think you have to, you know, for the lack of better terms, you, you have to abandon the plan and reset. 
whether that's a family vacation, whether that's, you know, one of the things that I do every single year is I go back and I, I reevaluate the goals that I had for that year for myself personally and professionally. And then I reset those goals for the coming year to come up. Um, I think the biggest reason why we have to do that is because it, it's almost like you need to just relax your mind, give yourself the grace of, of, of being able to say, okay, we're starting over and then just start over. And, and, you know, you mentioned this the other day, sometimes you need a vacation from the vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading uh, the other day as we were talking about this, I was reading, I'd read an article and it was about pastors. And since that's my line of work, I tend to stay up on that a little bit more. And it was encouraging pastors because we typically, you know, our biggest day, some people think our only day is the day that Chick-fil-A is not open, but it's not our only day, but it is our biggest day typically. And on Sundays, you know, a lot of pastors, they don't want to miss a Sunday because that's the biggest day and they want to be there for their people. And and that's admirable. But oftentimes what happens then is pastors won't take more than one week of vacation at a time. And the encouragement from this study had to do with it takes the typical pastor five to six days to unwind on vacation so that they can actually re-energize. And basically it's almost like a detox in a way, Chad, you know, and so, but if you're only taking one week at a time, right, that's, you're getting the first half, you're getting the unwind, but you're not really getting the, the, the energize and the, the reset. So the encouragement from the article was miss a Sunday, you know, take, take two weeks, maybe that's not two full weeks, but, you know, take enough time that you've gone from unwind to re-energize. And I think that probably, I don't think that's exclusive to pastors. I think, you know, people like us who are wired the way we are, uh, people who are very uh, fast paced in the way they live life and do business, probably the same thing is they've got to rev down before revving back up. And it may take more than five days in a row. So again, Whatever works for you, you got to know you, but make sure to abandon annually. That's what I'm hearing. So divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually, very practical takeaways, things that we can all do if we're intentional about it and if we implement it. Um, We've talked about a lot today. I think uh, there's several hopefully key takeaways uh, on a personal and a professional side Let's just revisit a couple final things, and then we'll we'll talk about what we're going to be doing here in the next few podcasts. So, um, Chad, if you just had one one thing from our talk today that's a final reminder, what would you say? You know, for me, um, you know, we talked about the evaluate on the professional side, um, but you know, that's an important piece. But for me, the one takeaway that I think for for me personally would be the prioritize side of things, learning to make that list, learning to say what's important for today and what's not important for today. And if it's not important for today, it doesn't mean it's not important. It just means that the best energy that you have needs to be spent on other things. We'll hit that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and for me, it, it, it's along the same lines, but it's simply that do what you're best at when you're at your best. I think when you can buy into that, you'll start to see how you're, managing your energy better. And let's be easier. I think it's, it's easier to manage time than it is energy. Um, you know, there's, there's apps, there's calendars, there's appointment books, there's all of these things that are really designated 
to manage your time, even phones and, and phone apps, but there's not a lot out there to manage your energy. You've got to be proactive with that and make that decision. Um, and, and in fact, some people will manage your time for you. You don't have to manage. If you work for somebody and this is when you got to be here and this is when this project is due, they've kind of done the time management piece. But if you don't do the energy management piece, when you get to the end of the day and the people that are most important to you, if you don't have anything left for them or you have very little, um, that's that's where that burnout kicks in. And yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's do what you're best at when you're when you're your best. Don't just manage your time, manage your energy. Uh, I'm excited to try to implement this more myself. Uh, let's talk about, uh, well, let me share one final thought. Uh, this is, it's come up in uh, some of the leadership things that I've read. And I think it started with Stephen Covey uh, with the seven habits of highly effective people, but he talked about the jar. And I know, Chad, we talked about this and there's the, there's rocks and then there's uh, pebbles and then there's sand and then there's water. And, you know, to simplify the illustration, a lot of our listeners maybe have heard it, but the idea is if you don't put them in the right order, they won't all fit in the jar. Sure. You put the big rocks in first and then you fill it in with the pebbles and then you fill it in with the sand. And then obviously the water last just works itself around. But if you, if you get them out of order, right, the priorities are out of order, you'll never fit the big rocks in at the end. And I think that's not just true with time management and task management. I think that's true with energy management. You know, if you're not focusing on doing what you're best at when you're at your best, not only are you not getting everything done, but you're not getting it done at the highest level. And what's interesting is in one group of CEOs, when they were told about that illustration, they said, what's the takeaway? The answer from these highly productive leaders was, uh, that means there's always room to do more. You know, that was their takeaway. I don't think that was the intended takeaway. Yeah. I think it was more of, it's not about doing more stuff or fitting more stuff in. It's about prioritizing what's most important. And like you said it, the, the most important person to you should be you so that you can be what you need to be for the people that matter most to you. So that would be a good final thought, I think, uh, to land on. So talk to us about what's next. So those of you that are listening, uh, we're, we're, we're loving doing this. We're enjoying this, getting some good feedback. Certainly would love, uh, rate, rate it if you would, as long as you like it, if not, you leave your rating out, but you listen this long. So we're going to hope that you do and share it with others. Maybe it's helpful. Uh, but we're going to do something a little bit different, uh, for the next four months as we kind of go into the summer here, June through September, uh, and we're, uh, you know, leaders are, um, really everyone in life is kind of in a race, Chad, not a race against others, but you're running kind of your own race and you're going through life and it's helpful along the way, but especially for leaders to have some other leaders come in and share different perspectives. And so we're going to kind of look at the summer as uh, we're on a track, we're running the mile. Those of you that didn't do track, uh, that's four laps, right, Chad? Four laps around. That's, uh, that's four laps around around the track, unless you're still at William Yates running that forty yard dash <laughs> as opposed to the fifty. So. Well, at William Yates back in the day, they told us it was running around the school four times. I don't know how accurate that was, but uh, the tracks are supposed to be accurate. Four laps makes a mile. But so what we're going to do is we're going to take a lap each month, and on each of our laps, we're going to ask a leader to join us. Uh, to share some some leadership insights from their life. And so we'll take our conversation from 
uh, a duet to a trio, and sure. uh, we'll both be here. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun for the summer as we kind of run this mile together. Four months, four laps, four liters. And uh, uh, tell us, what, what do we got coming up in June? Yeah, so I'm excited about our first one here in June. Um, this is a, a really good friend of mine, um, friend of yours. She's she's in a she's in an organization with us, um, Alicia Scott. Uh, she's going to be joining us. She's a small business owner right here in our local community. Um, really involved in the community. Does a great job at a lot of the leadership that she does. Not only on a nonprofit organization, but also in the small business that she operates and runs. So. Uh, Really excited about having her in to be able to, to, to talk to her and uh, be able to learn from her, Bobby. I mean, I'm excited to learn for you and I. This is kind of selfishly because we're like, okay, who do we want to learn from? She's one I want to learn from. So excited to have her in. Yeah, th- this will be exciting. So I hope you can continue to join us each month. And so, uh, again, the next four months, we're going to be running, you know, these four laps with four leaders. And like you, Chad, I'm looking forward to learning from Alicia and uh, hopefully you'll You'll join us uh, each of these four months. We'll get through the summer, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have some good takeaways. Uh, so, uh, any any final thoughts as we wrap up here um, for our listeners when it comes to this whole idea of energy? Yeah, I, kn- I know this one's a little bit more uh, one of our longer ones, but uh, this one's important. Um, so, I guess the final thought and the final takeaway would be: focus on you. That doesn't mean you're being selfish. That means you're being intentional. Yeah, that's good. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, Give us a like, rate us high, share with friends, and hopefully we can continue each month to uh, to be encouraging, not just to, uh, to you, but to others as we all grow in our leadership. Awesome. Have a great month, guys. We'll talk to you next month. Thanks for joining the Epic Leadership Podcast. Man, this is just fun for Bobby and I just to kind of talk back and forth and hopefully give you some good insights into some leadership of a couple different industries. And if you've enjoyed it, we would love to have a good review. Uh, Give us a five-star rating if you can. Share it with some friends. If you didn't like it, then tune in again next time and we will try to do better. We'll see you next time, guys.